0: I'm Valerie,
1: and I'm Imra,
0: and we are Two
1: African-Americans.
2: Welcome to Two African-Americans, a place for courageous conversations that heal. Today our hosts Valerie Grimes and Emma Smith talk about what it feels like to be othered and the complex emotions that occur around this all-too-common human experience. I want to encourage you to stick with this conversation through to the end because the most poignant part happens when our hosts give us a real-life example of what it means to truly see the other rather than ignoring them or writing them off as too different or too much work to get to know. Let's listen in now as Emma kicks off this raw conversation about accepting and loving the other.
1: Today we're going to speak about being the other one. Othered. I grew up being the other one. I was the only child in a huge high school that came from a divorced home. I had a weird last name that my mom and dad didn't have I was a girl that spoke a language that all my peers didn't and I soon learned that my home language and who I was from birth was not the okay person to be and went through many years of being joked at teased at becoming quiet in the process a voice that that got silenced and in one aspect. But that's a conversation for another day. But looking today at being in our country, here in the USA, and it is not unique, clearly, just to this country, but I was shocked when I moved here how very real being the other is. And not because I was a stranger. They loved my accent. (laughs) So that, for the first time, was oh, wow, they (laughs) love who I am. But when I'd be in the wrong places and I'd only have my skin color, the room would go quiet. Mm. Fortunately for me, that was not often. And these would be places I'd specifically be invited into because one of my friends belonged there. Yeah. Valerie, I know you have a very different experience tell us this
0: week today what this is like Mm. well like I said um, I've said it many times before it's so ironic to be in a country that has been built on providing freedom for those who feel othered that was the whole purpose to be able to have that freedom of religion, that freedom of choice, and to not be put in a box because of how you looked or believed. And that we are <laughs> a country that others a lot of people. I am floored sometimes by those conversations. As I was listening to you, Emma. I heard you say that when you were in rooms where you, in the United States anyway, that you were um, not a part of the majority. It was because you were invited into those spaces. My experience is totally different. Every day of my life, I am in a majority space. In my employment, in Generally, if you're going to, um, into businesses, um, in even my religious denomination, I am generally the minority. And it is not because I've been invited, it's just the everyday existence for me. Mm. As a registered nurse, every unit that I've worked on since the early 90s when I became a nurse the units have been predominantly white. In fact, when I first became a nurse, I was sometimes the only person of color on a unit that was a registered nurse. And so that was my everyday existence. Um, and the same thing goes for most business conversations that you enter into. I'm generally the other in the room. And so it's just something that you become accustomed to, never comfortable with, but accustomed to. And whenever I enter those spaces, I enter knowing I have to do this thing called code switching. And code switching is you don't speak in your comfortable vernacular you know it's not your your mom and your sisters and you're having a good time this is you've got to put on a different um, speech pattern you've got to put on a different way you carry your body even in those spaces and it gets exhausting to be the other I have to always remind myself as well to not put another Ethnic group or another um, people group into an other situation. So that whenever I come in and, you know, they uh, let's say it's Hispanic or Latinx, that whenever I come into a space and um, there is a group of Latinx people, I have to remember don't you commit the very same atrocity making them othered or feel othered we are all here for one purpose let's now get on you know get in unity and so it is um it's just an interesting way to walk through the world Uh, one of the things that I always uh, tell people who and I've had some people um white people come and say how how do we do differently in this space and I tell them take a field trip and they kind of look at me sometimes. What do you mean? You take a field trip? Take a field trip into a store in a minority neighborhood where you may be the only white person there. And check back with me because I want to know what did you feel in your body. Um, you know, was there were you tense in any way? What were you thinking? How did you present yourself? Um, did you talk to anybody? Did anyone talk to you? I want to ask those questions because I want them to get an understanding of what it feels like to walk. So let me tell you, I have done
1: that. And I'm looking forward to hearing how you feel when you are in these spaces. Number one, I feel scared. Mm. The stereotype of the, and we'll speak about African-Americans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are both African-Americans. So the stereotype of the African-American male mm-hmm. that is going to pull out his gun mm-hmm. and hold you up. Now, for me, that's a deep root from South Africa, mm-hmm. which didn't have a cultural label on it mm-hmm. because by the time, I think I've mentioned it, when, when I grew up, racism wasn't there. We were we became united. We'd, my family, my whole group, we didn't see color. So we would see men, and they would be the ones that have a knife in the hand. I nearly lost my knife, life three times with machete, mm. and that wasn't white on black. That was black on black, different mm. tribes going mm. for each other. You caught in the hairy stream of it. Mm-hmm. So culturally deep within me is that there's a a violent streak there. Mm-hmm. And then being in this country and you hear of so many of the inner city murders and the, the devastations that happen and how often it is a man of color. Mm-hmm. So without wanting to own that, it sits tucked away inside. Mm-hmm. So if I go into... A neighborhood where everyone is different than me, mm-hmm. and the houses are n- maybe they don't look
0: the way houses look in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I d- I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And that's a valid emotion, a valid feeling. I, I want to acknowledge that. Um, but I also want to say two things that you said caught my attention as you were speaking one is that you don't see color. That is completely impossible. And I agree with you today. <laughs> <laughs> it is impossible to not mm. see color. Uh, it is very evident that there are differences upon appearance. You, you, that's the first thing you see. And also, I don't want you to not see my color. Because there's something that goes with this black skin. Mm. there's a, a culture, there's a feeling, there's a, a a people that I love that
1: fit in this skin. I love that. I just want to clap my hands yes. and go, that is just so beautiful. Because I think in a white girl's skin, when we are embracing of culture, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to see different cultures. Mm-hmm. And because of my heritage of apartheid mm-hmm. and and overcoming and accepting everyone for who they are, I do think then subconsciously I want to say don't see color. See the person. Mm -hmm. But I love what you're saying. Please see my color because there's a whole lot more that comes with my color. Absolutely. Now it makes my heart sad to say to you, can you see my color? Because when I think of the whole lot more that comes with my color history – It's not so grand. Mm.
0: Well, uh, trust me, uh, that was going to be the second thing, is that you have um, just culturally, through what's, culturally and through experience, you have this idea or image of the African-American man being violent or aggressive. my culture and experience has shown me that when I come in contact with a white male, that I can expect certain things as well. And so there is not so much a fear, because I don't fear them, but there is a concern that whatever it is that I have need of in that particular setting has to come through them. And that is, that's pretty horrible uh, to, to think that there is power that mm. rests in that white male that restricts access to others. And so that is a violence within itself, mm. you know. Um, but African-American men, the majority have been put in this violent Um, bag or box because of the minority of them. The average African-American man is committed to his family. They've even shown, there have been study after study that show that African-American men stay with their families, that they support their families. But because of um, inner city or a minority of African-American men The others have this um, stigma that's been attached to them. Um, You know, I I challenge people who are listening today, go pull those studies and look and see how African-American men support, take care of, and they are there for their families. Even in uh, divorced homes, you will find that most African-American men still co-parent with their wife or girlfriend however that child came into the world they tend to co-parent because they are family oriented people so we we have to stop and and i understand fully what you say about the fear because that is the myth that is out there um may i just say i i I love
1: that because the african-american men that i know are warm and loving and they actually have a fierce woman. And and so it, the African-American women that I know are pretty strong and bold and loud. And I love my sisters. Mm-hmm. And I love these sweet, gentle men. So it makes me realize that our media yeah. is toxic mm-hmm. because it will highlight again and again what comes out is ugly, mm-hmm. but it is very rarely is the beauty and the good yeah. shared. Yeah. And I love that that is what our work is about mm-hmm. and why we're doing this. Yeah, Because we are about healing this rift that that really has been handed down generation. It was handed through generations ago that neither you or I, had anything
0: to do with <laughs> or
1: choose or want to choose today,
0: Absolutely.
1: but but get overwhelmed. Yeah. I know we were speaking earlier about again a media story, and on the other hand, I'm thankful that stories do come to light mm-hmm. because atrocities are happening, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we have current stories mm-hmm. that just because someone's color, knocking on the door, mm-hmm. looking looking for brothers and people that are scared so this so I'm a fixer so I immediately think how do we how do we and we're doing that now Mm -hmm. aren't we having conversations but can we can this become bold and big that that this innate fear of being the other that we don't feel that about each other
0: Mm -hmm. I want to address that but I also have to go back because you mentioned black women being fierce and strong and all of that. Trust me, sis, it is not a choice that we get to make. Mm. It is a way we have to present. Um, it is, mm. um, we've, we've seen, uh, just think about the history of the black woman um, through slavery A lot of times she was raising her family and the master's family, not because she chose to, but because her man was taken from her and sold. Think about the fact that she could have five babies in five years and not have one of them left with her. Um, think about even moving forward in, in that history where she's beginning to to help solidify her family and working, and the only work she finds is as a domestic. Um, think about the fact that when she does begin to become educated, she has to fight for everything mm. she gets. And in a situation, even in current day, if a black woman goes in and interviews for a position of power in a company and her competition is a mediocre white man, she will not get the job nine times out of 10. There are studies that have been done and and there's one in particular that speaks of, they they took all names off of resumes They took anything out that would support uh, someone's uh, ethnicity or race out of it. And they presented these to hiring committees. And when they presented them to hiring committees, out of 10 jobs that were high-powered jobs, nine of them, if I remember, actually went to black females through their resumes alone that had nothing that identified who they how, you know what their race was yet 10 if you take 10 jobs that are high powered and you you know the ethnicity you have interviewed this woman she might get one out of the 10 it's a complete reversal so yeah my sisters are strong because we have no choice mm. um and I look at them and I admire their beauty and their strength and I stand with them because what the same characteristic that would be admired in a white male is spoken of almost evil if it exists in a black woman. So yeah, we are m- without choice. And, <laughs> and I, I love, I love bringing it all
1: together that it, at the end of the day, can we truly see one another mm-hmm. as we are, our color, our shape, our origin, our ethnicity, our differences, our similarities, and the word you used, admire yeah. it in each other. In
0: each other, absolutely. So today
1: for each of you listening, we hope that you can see mm-hmm. the next person your eyes look on and the next and the next for who they are, all of it,
0: in their radiance. Absolutely. Because Emra Smith, when I look at you, I see a strong, beautiful, principled woman who knows what she wants and is willing to work hard to get it. Now, inside of all of that I just said, I see the sweetest, kindest, most gentle spirit ever. And I truly believe that when you say you don't see color, it means that you're looking at the heart instead of the exterior, and I believe that. And now you, of course, have me in tears.
1: Thank you, and Valerie, when I look at you, I see a strong, wonderfully fierce fighter Mm -hmm. for what she believes that stands boldly Mm -hmm. in that belief and has given everything she has to make a difference in the world through it. And inside, a crazy woman that is filled with joy and fun and relationship.
0: Mm, You see me. I see you. And I see you.
2: (laughs) Thank you for joining us today on Two African Americans. Join us next week as we answer the question, what is prejudice? And how do we honestly address the misconceptions underneath our prejudice? We so appreciate your support as we delve into these sensitive topics. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast topics, please reach out to us at twoafricanamericans at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.